On today's episode of Sweet Talk with Elisa, I will be talking about a serious topic that pretty much has affected my life, and I'm sure it may affect yours as well. So here we go. Hey everyone, you're listening to Sweet Talk with Elisa podcast. This is Elisa, and today's episode is a very sensitive and touchy topic. We're in the month of October, and October is also Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I can totally relate to this because, one, back when I was in junior high and high school, I was involved with a community service program for youth in the community, and every October we would have meetings with various organizations and even with peers talking about domestic violence. There was always a candlelight vigil for domestic violence victims and survivors. Two, I personally was a victim of domestic violence. And three, I also became a survivor. So I'm going to give you guys an inside look of domestic violence, what it is exactly, what signs to look out for, and how to prepare yourself to get out of this situation if you think you're in it or you know someone who may be in a situation pertaining to domestic violence. Domestic violence is violent and aggressive behavior that may take place in the home by the abuser towards the victim. And I don't want people to think automatically domestic violence is getting punched in the face or getting slapped around. That's a form of physical abuse, but that's not always what causes domestic violence. A lot of people think physical abuse is like the top trigger when it comes to domestic violence, but that's not always the case. Verbal abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, financial abuse, and economical abuse are all forms of abuse when it comes to domestic violence. And usually the abuser is very controlling, very manipulative, wants to brainwash the victim, you know, just say so many different things to hurt that individual to just gain power and control over them. And I'm going to talk about what I personally had gone through as a victim and survivor of domestic violence. I was a victim of domestic violence. I'm also a survivor. It started off with getting involved with someone who I thought would be someone I would end up having a future with. I was in a toxic relationship for four years with an ex-boyfriend. During those four years, I was never given the title of being his girlfriend. And I had my suspicions during the course of the time I was with him that he was doing things behind my back. And specifically, I'm referring to cheating. It took some time for me to actually get evidence that he was cheating on me. 
I never confronted him about it. I was 25 going on 26 years old when I met this guy. He was 10 years older than me. And boy, he had game. We first started talking on social media before we even met in person. Honestly, I was avoiding trying to even have any contact with this guy, with him sending me messages. But at that point in my life, my mentality was just saying to myself, there's no other guy out there that wants to talk to me. No one is showing any interest in me. Why? Am I not pretty enough? I'm not slim enough? What is it? So I gave this guy a chance and responded to his messages. He was saying things that I wanted to hear, got my attention. And after a few weeks of talking, we ended up deciding to meet in person. We met in person at a public place. We ended up going out to dinner. And then we continued seeing each other from that point on. Reflecting back to the time that we started dating, all the signs were there showing that this person, this guy, was not the one for me. And the way he was talking to me, things he would say about me that were all untrue and disrespectful and hurtful. Why did I waste four years of my life on this person? Why? He is a big manipulator, a control freak. If things didn't go his way, he would be highly upset. I don't want you guys thinking that I was physically abused because that was never the case. I was tormented by being verbally abused, mentally abused, emotionally abused, and even financially abused. When it got to the point we had moved in together because of the fact that we were expecting a baby. And you would think having a baby would make things better. Believe me, my friends, things got much worse. I got to see a different side to him. And it was like I was dealing with Jekyll and Hyde. Around friends and family, particularly my friends, he was one way. Behind closed doors, when no one's around, he was another. He was a monster. I felt trapped being involved with this person for so long and especially living with him. I felt like a prisoner in a home that was supposed to be ours to share, to raise a child in together. You guys don't even understand how scared I was. I was scared for my life. I was scared for the life of my baby, constantly being threatened being harassed, having my life tormented by my abuser. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who I could talk to. And 
thank goodness for best friends, I was able to vent to them. Although we didn't get to spend a lot of time together because everyone has a busy lifestyle, whether they're married, have children, have a job, we always communicated by contacting each other over the phone or through social media. And every time I talked about what I was going through at home with my ex-boyfriend, my friends were just in complete shock. They just couldn't believe that I was going through the total nightmare of living with someone who was supposed to be my significant other. And I said before, he never claimed me as his girlfriend. But after I found out I was pregnant, I ended up claiming him as my boyfriend. Honestly, I felt that this entire relationship was all fake. It was just a performance. I was never in love with my ex-boyfriend, although I did utter the words, I love you to him, numerous occasions. But have I ever said, I'm in love with you? Never. And there was a reason for that. And yes, my ex told me he loved me too. But did he mean it? No. I felt that he used the words, I love you, to be able to get what he wanted from me. During the time I had lived with him and my baby, I wasn't able to do things that I normally would do before I became a mom for the first time. I was able to go out, hang out with friends, hang out with family, you know, pamper myself by going to the hair salon, get my hair cut, go to the nail salon, get my nails done. But living with him, I was always being questioned. Where are you going? Who are you going out with? What time are you getting back home? After becoming a mom, one of my best friends would always invite me to her job's holiday party. I would let my ex know in advance the day and time of the event and what time the event would end. And that was that. His responsibility was to stay home and take care of the baby for a couple hours in the evening while I was out with my friends. I mentioned before in the podcast that I have a child with special needs, so I rarely ever get the chance to go out and have fun having a newborn going into being a toddler. Never really had the chance to go out and have fun for myself as an adult. I was always devoted to being the mom to my baby. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love being a mom. I love my son. So going back into the times I was invited out by my best friend to go to her job's holiday party. Or even going out just to spend some time together and have fun and catch up on things. You know, having some girl time. My ex-boyfriend was constantly blowing up my phone. Calling me every five minutes, harassing me. Where are you? What are you doing? What time are you coming back home? And then would give an excuse that the baby needs me. So what happens? I would end up having to cut time short from spending time with my best friend 
and rush back home. I would go back home, look at my baby and see what's wrong. Nothing was wrong with him. He was totally fine. Of course, he was happy to see mommy back home. What was the issue with my ex not wanting to stay home with our baby? To spend time with him alone while I go out and have some time for myself to be with friends or even family members. It was always a problem with him. He was controlling me. He was controlling my life, what I was able to do and what I wasn't able to do. And no one deserves to be in that type of situation with anyone. It was scary. And as time went on, the disrespect kept going. Being constantly humiliated and embarrassed in front of his family, my family, and even my friends and my son to witness this aggressive and violent behavior from his own father to his own mother. It just got to the point where I realized I don't deserve this. Neither does my son. We don't need to be in this type of negative environment where we aren't wanted or loved. So sure enough, I said to myself, Elisa, you need to do something about this. Enough is enough. You've dealt with far more than you can handle. I was going crazy. I was losing my mind. I was depressed. I was ashamed. And all I thought of was about my dad. What would my dad have done if he was still here? You know, I lost my dad 10 years ago. You know, he was diabetic. And, you know, with having diabetes and leading up to other health conditions, it wasn't good. But back then, when I was in that bad, horrible relationship, all I kept thinking about was my son and my dad. What would my dad have told me if he would have known I was going through this? He wouldn't appreciate the fact that this guy was treating me so badly, especially the fact that we have a kid together. You know, my dad always wanted what was best for me, like any parent would for their child. Being a woman and dealing with the constant abuse from someone that claimed they loved me, I didn't feel that was the proper way to love someone. Being called a bitch, being called a whore, a slut, accusing me of cheating when all I've been doing was staying home with the baby, taking care of the home, not being able to go out as much as I w- would have wanted to, to be with friends, to be with family, or even have time to myself. Because as a parent, you deserve to have a break for yourself. To have time to think and breathe in peace and quiet. And then get back into being the parent. Taking care of your parental duties for your children. And I'm sorry guys, I know I'm like tearing up here, but... 
I miss my dad. He would have never tolerated this guy disrespecting me the way that he did. Threatening to kill me. Threatening to take my son away from me. I couldn't live without my son in my life. That's my firstborn, my only baby. God knows if I'm able to have any more children. My son is my everything. He's my miracle baby. And he reminds me so much of my dad. You guys don't even know. My son's birthday is the day after my dad's birthday. And his middle name is in honor in memory of my father's first name. But going back into what I've dealt with in this toxic relationship, no one deserves to be with someone that makes you feel afraid, that makes you fear for your life. And I'm just thankful to God I got out of it. Because if I was still stuck in that situation, believe me, I don't know what would have happened. Would he had actually put his hands on me when no one was around? Would my son have to witness that if it were to happen? And when I finally opened up to my mom about what was going on, she even heard the way he was talking down to me over the phone because I would call her in like the middle of the night when he would pick a fight with me over some stupidness. Over some minor bullshit, whether it had to deal with not washing his clothes or not cooking dinner all the time because there was times I would be too tired or I'm sick. I want to order out for dinner. Things happen, you know. And my mom was in complete shock with the way he was talking to me. So she would tell me, don't say anything, just stay in the bedroom with the baby and that's it. My mom actually noticed after meeting my ex-boyfriend, um, you know, it was around the time I was moving out to move into his home with him. She just seen the way he acted and just certain things he would say and do. She didn't like it at all. And that she would see the way he would talk down to his parents, raising his voice, cursing them out. My mom knew he wasn't a good guy. She didn't know what I saw in him. And honestly, I didn't either. But like I said, he was a manipulator. He was a womanizer. So once my son started school, preschool to be exact, that's when I knew I had to make moves. I was still dealing with the abuse, being verbally abused emotionally, mental abuse, even financial abuse. When it came down to money, forget it. That is what he was all about. He had a job after my son was two years old. He started working. I never asked him for a dime. I had my own income. I'm the type of person I don't depend on anybody for financial support. He would always ask me for money to buy weed, to buy his little blunt wraps, to provide for his car fare, to travel to it from work or to go to his, chill with his friends, alleged friends. 
And there was a couple times I would tell them, like, you're working. Why are you asking me for money to provide for your car fare? I don't even get to go out. You have a job. You should be able to support yourself when it comes down to that. Boy, was he angry. He started his rant, started cursing me out, calling me out my name. There was plenty of times he started talking shit about my family. And particularly my mom, who's been supporting me throughout this whole ordeal. She didn't have to. She could have just said to me, you got yourself into this mess, you deal with it. But knowing that I had a child involved, my mom didn't think that way. I'm her daughter. She wants what's best for me and also what's best for her grandchild. So long story short, I ended up reaching out to my friends again, letting them know up to date what's been going on at home and what I was about to do. And one friend in particular, it was a day that I was planning on going to the gym and my ex already had harassed me about going to the gym and accusing me of going to the gym with a guy, which was total lies. I was going to the gym while my son was attending school so that I could have time for myself and work on my health. I wanted to get in shape, be healthy and be strong. I needed to clear my mind. I needed to vent. Dealing with all the commotion that was going on at home with someone I was supposed to be in a relationship with, I needed to get away for a moment. So the gym was the only outlet for me to do that. I remember I was walking towards the gym, but then the police precinct was coming up during my walk. I spoke to my friend on the phone and I said, I think I'm going to go to the police station and talk to somebody about what's going on. And when I did that, I stopped at the precinct. I spoke with a female officer and told her what was going on. She had me file a report, and that was it. She said that my son's father would not know that I filed a report. Maybe a day or two later, I got a call from a detective from the DV unit. And she informs me that if my ex-boyfriend threatens me again to call 911, that he'll be arrested because there will be a warrant out for his arrest. So sure enough, a couple days later, my ex comes home from hanging out. He didn't work for the day. I was home with the baby. I didn't cook dinner that day, so I ordered out from the local Spanish restaurant. So my ex complains, I never cook, but I wanted to order out for dinner for the day. What was the problem? I'm paying for it. And he goes to the kitchen, he starts talking shit. So what I ended up doing was I had my phone beside me and I started recording the things he was saying while Paying mind to my son who was with me in the living room playing with his toys and watching TV with me. At some point during my ex's rant, he threatens me. He threatens to put his hands on me. And he got really nasty, cursing me out. And at some point I told him, don't talk to me that way. Don't talk to me that way in front of the baby. 
he his response was, I don't give a fuck. I talk however I, I want to. So he kept going on and on. And then it got to the point where I just picked up my son and took him to the bedroom. And then I called 911 because of the fact that he threatened me. He threatened to do physical harm to me. At that point, I was in fear of possibly getting hurt in front of my baby. Called 911, told them what happened. 45 minutes later, the police arrived at the apartment. They were knocking on the door. My ex was in the bathroom. He comes out the bathroom after I step out the room to open the door. And he tells me, are you serious? You fucking called the police on me? I opened the door. I told the police what happened. I mentioned that there was a warrant out for his arrest. So I told one of the officers, I need to go to the room. I have my son in there. And then I go to the bedroom with my son who was there watching TV. And I'm holding him scared in shock that this is going on. So I remember one of the officers comes to the room and tells me he wants to talk to you. My ex wanted to speak to me. The officer did also tell me, you know, you don't have to say anything to him. It's okay. I said, no, I have nothing to say to him. So he says, okay, just stay here. And he steps out the room, goes towards the kitchen where the other officer was with my ex. And I remember um, after informing the officers that there was a warrant of his arrest, one of the officers kind of looked at me funny, but he ended up contacting the police station to see if it was true on what I said. Once he got confirmation on what I said, he ends up telling my ex-boyfriend. I didn't hear word for word because I was in the bedroom. The door was closed halfway. I remember my ex belching out. Are you fucking serious? I'm getting arrested in my own house. I want her out of here. She don't cook. She don't clean. She don't do nothing. You seriously think a cop is going to arrest me because I don't do chores in the house? Come on. Be for real. So my ex had to get dressed. He was in his boxers and tank top when the police arrived to the apartment. And then the officer who spoke to me let me know that my ex had wanted to talk to me. I didn't have to say anything to him. He informed me that they were going to take my ex-boyfriend out of the home, go down to the precinct. They were going to send him to bookings and that they would come back to pick up me and my son because I had to go down to the precinct to file a report. I said, okay. And um, my ex got dressed. He asked if he could call his dad to let him know what's going on. And the officer said, no, you got to wait until we get down to the station. So then, um, yeah, the officers arrested him. I remember looking out the window, seeing him walk into the police car and then take off. I just had so many emotions going on in my mind. I didn't know what was going on. I was just in complete shock that this happened, that I finally had the courage to go down to the police station, speak to someone about what's going on. And then the moment the police arrived at my apartment at the time where I was living at with my ex-boyfriend, they showed up and I didn't have to deal with this anymore. But then I thought, now what's going to happen? Where am I going to go? 
I got my baby with me. I can't live here in this shithole anymore because it's too many awful memories. So I spoke with family and I spoke with friends and I didn't want to go to a homeless shelter because that's just too much stress for me to deal with that, going through the system and trying to find a place to sleep, to bathe, to eat. You know, so I was fortunate enough to have family being supportive and understanding of what I was going through. They had me stay with them for a short period of time until I got my own apartment. And I'm grateful for my family for that. And I remembered after my ex got arrested, his parents was highly upset. Of course, they're going to get upset because their son got arrested. But they were never there to witness really what was going on. Although my ex's father was staying in the apartment with us during the weekdays. So whenever my ex had his little rant cursing me out, the father was always there. And of course, there's been plenty of times my ex always spoke down to his father cursing him out for bullshit. But it's like, how do you speak to your parent that way? I never really spoke down to my parents in that manner of disrespect. I just can't. Even if I disagree on some things with my parents from back when I was a teenager going into my adulthood years, there's no chance in hell you'll catch me cursing them out or calling them out their name. So... I remember my ex's mom got in my face one day after my ex got arrested. Um, it was like actually that same week. And I picked up my son from the school bus after school to go back home. And she was in the apartment, got in my face. She didn't even say hi to my son, who's supposed to be her grandson, and starts telling me, Oh, this is my son's house. He's supposed to be here, not you. You need to get out of here, blah, blah, blah. I said, I can't say nothing to you. You need to talk to his lawyer. And the information I got from the police officer about the living arrangements since I was living in my ex's apartment with my son and paying half of the bills and rent, he told me, the officer, you can't get kicked out right away. They would have to take you to housing court. If you lived in a place for over 30 days or so, they can't kick you out. They have to go through a process and evict you. I said, okay, that's good to know. But I'm not planning on living here anymore. I'm moving out with my son. So that month, I got my things together as well as my son's things. And I started moving out. I ended up going to an organization that worked with victims of domestic violence. And I've had a case worker that worked with me on what to do to take the necessary steps to move on with my life as a victim of domestic violence. And I ended up meeting with a legal representative when it came down to going down to family court to fight for custody of my son. I wanted to have custody because I was the one taking care of my son 24-7. I'm the one who was taking into all his appointments, dealing with school and educational needs, therapeutic needs because of his disabilities. I was doing it all. My son's father, nothing. So once I finally moved out and I got things under control, I fought for custody. And believe me, going to family court 
is not a joke. And I was granted an order of protection through criminal court. They granted me an order of protection, which lasted for about a year. And I had to deal with seeing a DA regarding the case. And um, that was that. Let me tell you, the moment I finally left that home, my ex's apartment, it was a great big relief. And I felt that I no longer had to suffer anymore. Once I got myself together mentally and emotionally, I felt good about myself again. I felt like I can get back into being the person that I was before I met this guy years ago. My family noticed the change. My friends noticed the change. And they were still a complete shock that I had gone through so much for all those years. Um, my son, I noticed his behavior changed once we had moved. He's become such a happy little boy. Not being afraid of what to expect to happen between myself and his father. Although my son is a nonverbal child, he has a sense as to what behavior is appropriate and what is not. But I tell you all, I was a victim of domestic violence, but I became a survivor. So with that being said, you guys heard my story of my personal experience of domestic violence. No one deserves to be a victim of such a horrendous act of violence. And when we return, well, when I return, I'm going to give you guys things you should look out for if you think you may be in a toxic relationship to better prepare yourself before things get worse. So I'll be right back. Signs of domestic violence are pretty obvious. And to the victim, it may not be. But to others on the outside looking in, I'm sure it's pretty obvious. Dealing with anger, frustration, rage, manipulation, control, disrespect, no trust, jealousy. Those are all indicators of what the abuser may have towards their victim when it comes to domestic violence. And the forms of abuse I've mentioned before, mental abuse, emotional, physical, verbal, financial, economical. There's plenty of things you need to look out for when it comes to those forms of abuse. Physical abuse, it's obvious. Whether you see a scratch, a bruise, any marks on the person's body 
from physical harm using some item or even the person's bare hands. That's an indicator of physical abuse if you see any of those things on someone's body or even face. With mental and emotional abuse, I feel they kind of could be meshed into one. As far as when you're being targeted as far as verbal abuse, when you're being talked down to, being treated in a way like you may be a child, but constant attacks, verbal attacks from the abuser. It's your fault because this happened, you're ugly, you're pathetic, you're a poor excuse, you're good for nothing. Verbal abuse, that goes into play with mental and emotional abuse because you're feeling guilty. You're feeling down and bad for yourself because you feel like your partner isn't getting the satisfaction that they want from you by telling you all these horrible things. So you feel like as someone in a relationship, you're not doing your job to please them. Manipulation comes into play when it comes to mental abuse. And you want to look out for that. With verbal abuse, the abuser can say a lot of bad things to you. It could be something minimal to something major. And financial abuse, well, if you're living with the abuser... Money is always an issue. Whether both parties are contributing to bills in the home, to dates, whatever it may be, money always comes into play when it comes to financial abuse. It could be the abuser asking you for money that you may have saved up for something in the future, whether it could be a vacation, purchasing a car, or maybe something for kids if you have kids together. The abuser may tell the person, hey, you know, can I get X amount of money for this or that? I'll pay you back. And then what happens? The victim falls into the trap and gives in, gives the money to the abuser. The abuser won't even pay back or make the promise that they told the victim. Yeah, don't worry. I promise or I'll make sure I'll pay back whatever money you give me. Total lies. They're good liars, the abusers. And I dealt with that. And I think it's common sense to know what is the appropriate way for someone to treat people. Especially when it comes down being into a relationship or even dating in general. You know what you want in life. You know what you want in a partner in a significant other or in a friend. And if those qualities don't pertain to that individual and they're giving you all the signs that, hey, you know, this is not the person for me. They're bad business. Then you want to stay away from that. You want to go with your gut instinct. If your gut is telling you this person is a waste of time, I don't, I shouldn't bother taking a chance on them. Don't do it. You'd rather be safe than sorry. And how I wished 
I had listened to my gut years ago when I had a feeling about my abuser that he wasn't good for me. But unfortunately, we can't change time. We could only learn from our mistakes. And I hope you guys heard loud and clear of what I had gone through because I know from the bottom of my heart, I don't want anyone else out there to go through with what I had gone through. It's not beautiful. It's scary. It's a total nightmare. So next up, I'm going to let you guys know the steps you need to take to prepare yourself for the worst. If you think or you know someone who may be a victim of domestic violence. What do you do to prepare yourself to get out of a toxic relationship? Or if you're living with someone that's the cause of domestic violence? Well, first things first, you want to talk to someone about what's going on. It could be a family member, a friend, a coworker, anybody that you can trust. You want to be able to rely on someone to talk to if you're scared and you're afraid. Secondly, you want to have a bag prepared in the event that you are living with the person who's causing the abuse. What should be in the bag should be basic necessities, clothing, hygienic products, medications in the event you or if children are involved are on medical treatment for any medical conditions. You want to make sure you have your ID cards, birth certificates, social security cards, emergency money, whether it's cash or credit cards. And you also want to have a spare cell phone a prepaid cell phone at that. Make sure you have a list of contacts of people you can reach out to, whether it's family members, doctors, your kid's school. You want to make sure you have that on hand. You want to make sure you have this bag located in a safe place where the abuser will not find it. Now, next you should get the local authorities involved. If you're fearing for your life and you're afraid to speak to someone that you personally know, go to the local authorities. They will help you out. There's also all nonprofit organizations that are there to serve victims of domestic violence, as well as survivors. They will keep your information confidential. They will not inform the abuser that you reached out to them. They can't do that because they're there to serve you. They're there to protect you, to make sure that you're safe. And I think that is pretty much it. This is all my opinions as to how you should prepare yourself to get out of a toxic relationship. And... You can do your research about domestic violence. You can do your research on organizations that can help you if the event that you are in this type of situation. And everything that was said here on this episode is because 
like I said, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I was a victim. I'm a survivor. And I wouldn't want anyone to go through what I had gone through many years ago. Everyone deserves to be loved. Everyone deserves to be happy. But having someone constantly abuse you in any way, shape, or form, that's not a form of love. That's not the way you love someone. That's not the way you get respect from someone or trust. I want you to fight for your life and know your worth. It took me a long time to know these things about myself, knowing my worth, knowing what life is worth living for. And believe me, if it wasn't for my son, I would have never had the courage and strength to fight for what I thought was right for me as a woman and as a mother. And I don't want my son growing up thinking the way that I was treated by his own father is a proper way for a man to treat a woman when it comes down to being in a relationship. I really hope you guys got an insight of knowing more about me personally because I've never really opened up about this to anyone except for a few friends. Well, my best friends, that is, because I only have really four best friends that knew what went down when I was in a toxic relationship with that ex-boyfriend. And you're probably wondering what's going on now since I'm no longer involved with that individual. Well, we don't speak. Although we do have a child together, we don't speak. He got granted his visitation rights to spend time with my son. I was awarded full legal custody of my son, which is what I wanted because I'm the only one who takes care of him and knows everything about him. So at the end of it all, only you can decide what's right and what's wrong, what to do and what you shouldn't do. I fought for my life. I fought for the life of my son, for our well-being and sanity. And at the end of the day, I was the champion. I was the survivor. And I'm grateful to God to say that I'm happy. I can be me again. There's no reason for me to lie or to have any excuse to be putting up with that type of behavior that I did when I was involved in a toxic relationship. No one deserves to go through hell. No one deserves to go through torment or abuse. So if you feel that you're a victim of abuse, please talk to someone, reach out to someone, contact the local authorities. You don't wanna wait until it's too late. So I thank you all for listening to this episode of Sweet Talk with Elisa. If you guys have any questions or you just wanna talk, feel free to DM me on Instagram at sweettalk underscore Alisa. I'm always here to listen to you guys. 
if you need someone to talk to. This is a sensitive matter that has affected my life, but I won't let it get the best of me. Because, like I said, I'm a survivor. And I want you all to fight for what you believe is right. I want you all to be happy and to be loved. Thanks for tuning in and until next time.